0: You are listening to Tax Able with Natasha Heron. This is Tax Able with Natasha Heron. Season one is Back to Basics, and this is your foundation level of tax. There will be 12 episodes per season covering a multitude of taxes. Understand that tax is an extremely complex area, but I'll be breaking it down into bite sized pieces so it's easy for you to digest, and hopefully by the end of the season, I will get you interested and excited about tax for your business. Hello and welcome to episode four of Tax Able with Natasha Heron. Today's episode is, it's my money, I'll spend if I want to. We are exclusively talking about companies today, so if you are self-employed or part of a partnership, this may not be relevant to you. However, if you are thinking of incorporating, please stay and listen. But what do I mean about incorporating? This is where you turn your sole trader or your partnership business into a formal company format. A company is legally separate from its owners and its owners are called shareholders. The day-to-day running occurs by the managers but the managers are called directors. The shareholders and directors may be the same people but they have very different roles surrounding them and very different roles. A company is incorporated at Companies House and it's governed by the requirements of the Companies Act and its own Articles of Association. It must submit accounts to Companies House and the information is publicly available on a register. So why would someone choose a company rather than a sole trader or a partnership? Well, it's all to do with protection and protection is key. A sole trader or a general partnership are unincorporated businesses and this means that there's no legal distinction between the owner and the business. So if the business fails or a claim is raised against the business and it cannot meet its liabilities, the owners would be personally responsible. And this means that debt collectors can come after your own assets such as your house. This is why a lot of people choose to incorporate a company. Because the owners, the shareholders, and the business are legally separate. This is the case if only one person is involved. For example, if there's only one shareholder and that person is also a director, they are still legally separate from the business. If the business fails, the debt collectors cannot go after the shareholder for any personal assets. So it's your business, you're the shareholder and you're the director, or either or. You're running it, you've made some money, so you should be able to do what you want with that money, right? Well, no, this is the problem and the biggest misunderstanding that I find with my clients and mainly with my friends, that they do not understand that they are legally separate from the company. It's the company's money. The company has its own bank account in the company's name, not in the individual's name. Because you've opted for the protection, if the company fails it's the company's money, the company's asset. So if you want to take some of the company's money, you're going to end up paying tax in one way or another. But there are different options available to you for how you extract or withdraw the money from the company. And we're going to go through five different options. If you just transfer yourself some money without any documentation or reasoning, it will get classed as a director's loan account. Emphasis on the loan. If you're not a director, it still gets treated as a participator's loan. But for ease, we're just gonna call it the director's loan account. And because it's a loan, funnily enough, you're expected to pay it back. But you wouldn't believe the amount of times you talk to people and explain that they have a loan account and they don't understand that they have to repay the loan. If the loan is not repaid within nine months and one day of the year end, the company has to pay what's known as a Section 455 charge. And this is at a rate of 32.5%. And it forms part of the company's corporation tax return. Why do they charge a Section 455 charge? What's the reasoning and understanding behind it? It's to put you on the same footing as you taking a dividend, and that's why the rate is the same. But in this scenario, the company pays the Section 455 charge not the individual. Once the loan is repaid, the company is refunded the Section 455 charge. Second option you've got, take a salary. To do this, you'll need to go on the payroll. You can either be on an annual salary or a monthly salary. It's completely up to you. You will be taxed as any other normal employee would be. So income tax rates currently are 20%, 40% and 45% respectively, and national insurance is charged. The company will pay employer national insurance. Please do remember though, if you do decide to take a large salary, and by this I mean over £100,000 a year, there is an adjustment that's required to your personal allowance. Now, the third option available to you is to take a dividend, You can only take a dividend if you're a shareholder of a company and that's because you have a right to the profits of a company. Dividends are taken out of reserves and by reserves I mean accumulated profits. In order for a payment to be classed as a dividend there needs to be a piece of paper called a dividend voucher and that is completed and usually it's backed up by a board minute. You can prepare these documents yourself, but considering the amount of conditions associated with a dividend, it's recommended that you have accountants or a tax advisor prepare these documents on your behalf. There is a sweet spot where you take a low salary and take the balance as dividends, but you need to look at whether the company is generating sufficient profits for this to occur. That is the epitome of where everyone wants to get to It's the most tax-efficient option, but just because it's the most tax-efficient doesn't mean that it's feasible. If you do not check your reserves regularly, you could fall into a situation where an illegal dividend is taken. And this is as bad as it sounds. It's not illegal where HMRC are gonna turn up and put you in cuffs, but it will cause you a headache. An illegal dividend is one where the amount taken in dividends exceeds the amount of accumulated profits. You're in what we call negative equity. HMRC do not like this as you can imagine and they will more than likely raise an inquiry into the company. So, how do you avoid this? Make sure you are constantly checking your reserves. You can check your reserves with your advisor, you should maybe have management accounts, it depends what accounting software you use. But please make sure you check your reserves before you take a dividend. The dividend rates are lower than income tax, and you have £2,000 tax-free. 7.5%, 32.5% and 38.1% respectively. I haven't gone through to the different thresholds because I've assumed you have a general understanding of how much you can take out at what level. If you do not, please get in contact with me but you can find all the information on the gov.uk website. The fourth option is to take a pension contribution. No corporation tax arises on these payments, national insurance is not triggered. But it's not ideal if you're quite young. Those under 55, you need an accessible source of income for your living expenses. If you are approaching pension age, great, you can make a large contribution to a pension because you're closer to the age to be able to draw it down. The fifth and final option is to leave the profits in the company and take the proceeds when you sell. This is fine if you don't need for the day-to-day money and you have income from other sources or if you're looking to sell in the short term. Maybe perhaps you're in an industry such as technology where companies are around for a couple of years and then they're sold on. But you need to assess what's key to you. What are you looking for? No one likes making tax payments. But if you can do it in a tax efficient way that gives you the best outcome and the most money in your pocket when you need it and that is key of when you need it because cash flow is key. You need to make sure that you have enough to pay your living expenses and to be able to enjoy the proceeds of your business. The company has sufficient reserves and you aren't ready to take a pension so let's look again at that sweet spot tax efficient option of taking a small salary and the balance as dividends. The salary you take will be below your personal allowance, so no income tax is triggered. It also will not trigger employee or employer national insurance, but you're being paid enough to not lose the benefits associated with national insurance. For 2021, the tax optimal salary is 8788 per annum, and then you take the balance of dividends. If you wanted to pay yourself for example £100,000 a year you would then split this as £8,788 salary and the balance as dividends and make sure the dividend vouchers are prepared. The final point I'd like to raise is to make sure that you are always claiming for any expenses you pay on behalf of the business. A lot of people forget to submit expense claims for their own companies. This is because They feel like the company's money is theirs and vice versa. But remember, they're separate legal entity. So as a director, if you take a client out on a business meeting, that's client entertaining. If you pay for that on your personal card, the company can refund you the money. The same is for any subsistence. And subsistence means if you're out for a business purpose and you buy yourself a coffee or you go for lunch, Just by yourself, no clients involved, then you can claim the cost of that coffee or that lunch. Other items are mileage for business trips at the HMRC approved rates of 0.45p for the first 10,000 miles and 25p thereafter. And there's no tax on these payments, the expenses are repaid in full. If you have any questions about the topic in this episode, or if you have a query regarding your own situation, or you simply would like a chat with me, please contact me using the email address help at taxable.uk. If you'd like more information on the topic, please head over to Hillier Hopkins LLP's website, the sponsor of this podcast, for more information on the subject as they provide useful guides and summaries which may be of assistance. You can always call someone from Hillier Hopkins, but please make sure you mention this podcast. If you'd like to read up more about the podcast or its host or to listen to an earlier episode, please find information on the landing page which is www.taxablewithtash.co.uk. Thank you all for logging in and listening. I hope you had the best Christmas day ever. 2021 was much better than 2020 and you're looking forward to the new year. Hopefully coronavirus will be a thing of the past and we can all continue moving forward. But I hope you've started your week off well by learning about a new topic and please do let me know if you have any questions. But I wish you all the best and a happy new year and I'll speak to you in 2022. Thank you. You are listening to Tax Able with Natasha Heron. Please can you share it with your friends, family, peers, acquaintances, people you meet down the pub or on a dog walk? Any and all support is appreciated. This podcast has been produced by Redwood Studios and sponsored by Hillier Hopkins LLP.